Hi, this is April Mazza. This is Christy Showman Ferrer. And this podcast is overdue. Each episode, we talk about books we're reading, things we're loving, and library advice we're giving. Today is our first episode. So welcome. Here's a little bit about us. We've known each other for a long time as youth librarians in Massachusetts, and now we're so lucky to work together at the Massachusetts Library System. We like to think of ourselves as librarians, librarians, supporting library workers around the state and beyond. We're gonna conquer the world. On this podcast is overdue, we'll talk about books, pop culture, questions from library land, and other random tidbits. So let's talk about that title, Christy. Yeah, so I was doing a lot of thinking, we both were doing a lot of thinking about titles for this podcast. And um, I was trying to go with the whole pun thing, coming up with uh, lots of um, puns on shelves and read. And uh, my husband, Scott, is really good at coming up with names for things. And yesterday I asked him to come up with a name. The first one, and I think I actually didn't tell you this, April, is that the first one he came up with was Podcat. Because our group is the consulting and training services group, CATS. But it's just us. It's just you and me. Right. And um, I explained to him that we had been thinking about doing this podcast for a very long time. We've been talking about it. It's been in our goals for work. Uh, we've, we constantly are saying, okay, well, we're going to get there. But it's finally happening. So out of his mouth, just like the second thing that he came up with was, this podcast is overdue. Well, that's why I love it, (laughs) because we have been talking about this forever um, and wanting to do one forever. So, yeah, it's so perfect. And of course, my husband came up with it like he always (laughs) does. So it just seemed. (laughs) And of course, the library joke. I I needed it to be some sort of play on words. I think it's perfect. I love puns, too. And when you texted it to me last night, I was like, yes, that's it. We're done. We don't have to think about that anymore. It's better than brilliantly titled podcast, which was our working title. (laughs) But we got there eventually, just with a little help from Scott. So we'll dedicate this episode to him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he will appreciate it. Oh, so people might be wondering, what is this podcast all about? What are we going to be doing? Well, I think first we want to talk about a book that we're really currently reading or really loving. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. And actually, um, it's a kind of a perfect connection to the whole this podcast is overdue title thing and wordplay. So uh, the other night I uh, was doing bedtime with my kids and uh, my younger child is seven and wanted me to read a picture book. And so I pulled one off the shelf that we hadn't read or I don't even think I'd ever read it with him. It's a book of Jack Perletsky's poetry. And uh, it was, I think it was published in 2013. It's not super old, but it's also not super new. Um, and it's called Stardines. It is poetry about animals that are play on, plays on words. And um, so for example, there's fountain lions. <laughs> there, there are lions that have fountains coming out of their heads. And then there are plandas that are um, pandas that plan things, but never do anything because they're just planning. <laughs> Sounds like me. Um, I know. <laughs> and the artwork is so wonderful. It's all um, collage, three-dimensional collage that's been photographed. And when you look at it, it actually, I mean, if you've, I took photos of some of the pages to send to a friend whose son loves pandas. 
the photos look like you're looking at an actual three-dimensional like collage. It, it was, it's really amazing. But we had, my son and I had a blast just reading the poems and trying to guess what the original animals were because one of them was Swapatees and I didn't know what the animal was. We had to go look it up. Wapiti is a type of elk. Oh, no. Um, but also the vocabulary in this. And I've, you, I've already said this to you, but a couple of friends, I've been just like spewing random words like lacrimose and effervescent, (laughs) all these words that are in the poems, but aren't necessarily words that the average seven-year-old is going to be coming across in their daily reading and talking. So it's one of the things I love about kids' poetry is that they get exposure to this vocab, really, really rich vocabulary, and it's an opportunity to talk about it and what does it mean and what do you think it's mean? It means uh, so lots of fun. What have you been reading? Very cool. Um, I love I love books like that too. I love plays on words. Um, well, I've been I can't even remember how it started, but I've been really into this author illustrator lately, Julia Denos. I hope I'm saying that right. It's D E N O S. And one thing I know about her is that she lives in Massachusetts and I think Somerville. So when this came up, um, it was a reference to the book called Windows. And again, I really can't remember <laughs> where I heard about it, but I it was heard during that, our like, summer the... summit. Was it? Or at least, I mean, it came up during summer. Oh, okay. Because she has like the urban um, Mm -hmm. city landscape in in the book. Ah, so that was it. Summer Summit. And so I've just been requesting like all her books from my local library because I love, especially her illustrations. Um, So one of them I got was uh, Starcrossed. This was like a really wild um, picture book. It's sort of like a, an origin story folk tale that has to do with the sky and the illustrations are just like captivating. At the same time I got from my library, she has a um, biography of uh, Jackie Onassis and I'm trying to find out the title. So I get these two books at the library and my husband's with me and we sit down on the bench outside because it happened to be a nice day. Oh, it's called Just Being Jackie. Julia Denos does the illustrations. And we just sit there. I'm reading Starcrossed. He's reading Just Being Jackie. <laughs> two, two grown-ups without any kids around us. <laughs> and then we switch and we finish reading them. And then I just pop them right back in the return box. But I just, I sometimes get on these kicks and I do wonder like, oh, at my local library, they're probably like, oh, is she a student doing a study of this author <laughs> or, or, you know, what's the deal? But I'm pretty much getting all the books. And then for Windows, I made a total funny error that, you know, wasn't really that bad, but I, um, I checked out the Spanish version. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't even like cross my mind. Like, and I, Oh, you probably know this. I took French. What's the Spanish word for windows? Ventana? Ventana. Yeah. So I just thought like, oh, it's a fun word. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know Spanish. I took French in high school. Uh, And, and I was like, oh, it's just going to be like, I wonder what that's about. (laughs) And um, I'm looking through the book, like I can't read any of this. And it was my husband who does know some Spanish who was like, oh, it's called windows. And I was like, oh, windows is the book I wanted, but I want to be able to read it so um so that just came in and a couple other books but but yeah if you don't know 
Julia Dennis's work, definitely check her out. I'm, I've pretty much got an uh, author illustrator crush on her right now. I really liked Windows. I haven't read the other ones. Thank you. Now we're going to go to our brand new Ask Us Anything segment. <laughs> Yesterday, I posted on Facebook asking people for their burning library questions. So people who use the library, what do they want to know that they've never asked? And then those who work in libraries, what are things that drive them bonkers <laughs> that <laughs> they'd like answers to? April, did you want to pick one? Well, I know there was one about why don't patrons read out of order signs. <laughs> and that definitely got me thinking, why don't people read out of order signs? Or why don't people read the emails that I send <laughs> or um, whatever, whatever else it might be, especially people we know are actually good readers. And I, I honestly just think people are super busy and they have so much going on in their brains. You know, they, things just fly by them so quickly. I also think there's a little bit of like, we see what we want to see and we don't see what we <laughs> don't want to see. So we don't want things to be out of order. Um, maybe we're hoping uh, that sign is old. That's from last week and now everything's <laughs> fixed. Did you have any thoughts on that question? I have so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> the, the first one that I've noticed when, you know, when I go visit libraries is that libraries have so many signs. They're just so many everywhere. And I think that people who are using a library are getting sensory overload with the amount of text that is everywhere. And when you work in a space, you may not even notice how many signs are up. And so the out of order sign is new. It's novel. It shows up. You think it's obvious, but to somebody who's coming into the building, there's so much everywhere. They may not even notice mm -hmm. that one compared to all the everything else. But then there's the psychological kind of thing that people really will do what's in the sign, whether or not it says don't or, you know, negative language. Mm. And so, you know, if a sign says do not use or out of order, that doesn't necessarily give the information that we think we're giving to a person. Mm. Um, so kind of like the signs that say no smoking, it's better to have a sign that says this is the smoke-free area versus mm, no smoking or please thank you for for not using your cell phone here or thank you for silencing your phone versus no phone calls and I don't know if that necessarily translates into an out of order sign but I think it's related or would it be better to messages. have a sign that says broken like yeah. let's be more direct <laughs> broken yes <laughs> that's a good idea that would be an interesting um test i wonder if we anybody would like to test that out for us yeah do it and tell us what you think <laughs> just <a> more <laughs> direct sign and we can't discount too that you know we we can't assume everyone that comes into our space can read can read english yes um and again i think that mental sees space, well enough to yeah read what we yeah. wrote in Sharpie on a right. piece of <laughs> And if you're also coming in, you know, very frantic, you've got to copy this important document for the lawyer and you're in a rush and everything else is going wrong today and you get to the copier and there's a sign on it, you just really might not, it just might not compute. And uh, I do yeah. appreciate 
all the people that are so patient for like when I'm in that kind of situation and for all the people I know out there in library land who are super duper patient with people who are not reading the signs. <laughs> and it can be hard, but I think so many people do that and do it well. So kudos to you all out there. Yeah, and thanks for the question. Yeah, make sure to send us your questions. We've got a link in our show notes to contact us and we would love to hear from you and hear. And send uh, us an email at yes. thispodisoverdue at gmail.com. That's right. The best email address ever. We're official. <laughs> well, hey, Christy, let's take a little break and I'll play this musical interlude. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we've learned lately and what we're loving right now. All right. Well, welcome back from the break. This is April. This is Christy. And um, I want to know what's something that you've been uh, learning lately, or is that that's a really awkward way of putting it. I want to know what you've learned lately. Have you taken any interesting classes or webinars? Well, you and I have taken the same class and I'm I happy know. to let so you talk about it. It's a question. But I think that the topic is related. So we, we both are taking, or just finished today's last day, take, taking a class on culturally responsive literature instruction. I, I think it was really great for kind of reframing how I think about talking about literature. Um, it, the course was aimed at educators, those working with K-12, K-12 students. And I took it partly so that we can do, we can improve in our conversations about literature when we do mock book groups, um, and when we talk in our, our larger discussion groups, um, but also because I teach children's literature to pre-service school librarians. And I wanted to incorporate some of that learning into um, what I'm doing with them. The, one of the things that I liked the most was um, the content about thinking about different ways to frame, let me back up. So the, the concept of critical stance and being, and, and looking at something from your perspective, but then also trying to take other perspectives and also asking the questions of like, whose voices are we seeing? Whose voice are we hearing? Who are we not hearing from? How would this be different if we heard from a different character in the book? And looking at everything from a different way. And the the example that was used in the course that I thought was such a kind of aha moment was that optical illusion art piece. It's the it's a piece of art that shows the young woman, but also it's like, I think it's my mother and my mother-in-law or something, mm -hmm. uh, my wife and my, and my mother-in-law. Um, so it's a young woman, but also an older woman at the same time. And the concept of like looking at the art piece and you see one of those things first, no matter what, you're going to see one. And some people always see the exact same one and you have to work really hard to kind of see the other. And that it's that work, that process that we need to take to literature so that even if we always walk into a book and we see it from a white, cis, heterosexual woman perspective, we need to be able to kind of force ourselves to see how it would look from somebody else's perspective. And I thought that was a really great way of doing it. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting too, because when 
when I saw the image, I have to admit, I was sort of like, oh, this one again, I kind of wanted it to be something I'd never seen before. But just like you said, I, I always see the young woman first and I had to like really look and try to remember. I knew it was an older woman, but I couldn't quite remember like where to find her features. And then I thought the, the discussion was interesting. So even though we took this course together at the same time, we were in two different um, groups. Um, so I never actually got to <laughs> interact with you in the course, no. um, but it was interesting to be in the class with uh, people. And I don't think there was another librarian in my group at all. No, um, not at all. Not, not mine either. There was, they were hiding. <laughs> uh, so it was mostly educators and some school administrators, which also made it really interesting and a really different perspective. So yeah, I appreciated like using that example to uh, sort of carry over into the books, right? And to, just like you said, to sort of force yourself into seeing something. And sometimes you need to be told. So mm -hmm. like some people actually went in my group, went to Google to try to find the other image because they weren't seeing it on their own. And I actually really like that because sometimes you're going to need to do that with books too, when you're trying to be more culturally competent and culturally responsive. Um, you're, of course, you're not going to know everything and it's okay to ask for help and it's really good to learn and, and to try. One of the things I liked about the course was really thinking about a strength-based focus. And even though we don't teach children in a classroom, we work with a lot of adults. And I think that's something that we don't do enough of really with the adults we work with is recognizing those strengths and using their knowledge and their experiences and basically just sort of like pumping ourselves up. So the example I remember from the class was, you know, if you have a student that is learning English, you know, some people might um, sort of comment like, oh, they're struggling with English or they're, you know, uh, they're not a native English speaker and kind of focusing on the what's missing or the sort of the um, problem where strength-based focus would be, wow, you are able to speak two languages or like you, you, you know, you're able to um, learn this new language and while also while you're in school. And so I just love this concept and was thinking about ways to apply it to adults because we need that as well. And then how important it is that we are learning from each other. And I just think it's such a better way to interact with students, but just people in general, like, yeah, let's focus on the strengths. Absolutely. And I related to that. I, I thought it was the, it was the first time that I heard somebody talk about code switching and as being, you know, being intent, not the first time I've heard it about code switching, but in talking to kids about code switching mm -hmm. as being a really positive strength mm -hmm. that purposefully talking to kids about it and saying, you know, look at you, you are capable of doing this thing where you have two separate ways of talking, depending on the context that you're in. That is huge. Mm -hmm. That's like having two separate languages, a different way to speak instead of shaming kids when they come into school because their home the way they speak at home is different than the academic speech of school. And the thing is we all code switch in some way. Mm -hmm. 
you know, right now, like the way we're, we're talking to each other is not necessarily <laughs> the same way that we would talk if we we're sitting around a table having right. lunch, you know, we're using podcast voice and we're using academic language to make ourselves sound smarter. And we'll hey, kids- speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, kids are doing that all the time right. and we need to, to praise them and, and support them on that. And the same with adults too. Like We need to highlight those strengths. I like that you talked about that too. Right. And I, I thought it was interesting too, because we did have an exercise in how we, we code switch ourselves. And I thought, well, I don't, but then doing the exercise forced me to think about that. And absolutely. We all do. We all speak differently or communicate differently, depending on the situation we're in and the people we're with and our backgrounds. And so what I realized about myself that I thought was really kind of funny is that when I'm interacting with my friends who are my age, I'm mostly texting. And so it's text speak and emojis and memes and gifts. And so that's, (laughs) but that's not something I would ever do with like one of my parents on self, the cell phone, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't want to interact with me that way. And that's just not how we, you know, we will call each other a little bit of texting, but it's, it's very different. And it's not because, you know, Like I'm trying to pretend I'm not this person who likes emojis or whatever. It's just like, this is how we communicate because it's more clear, especially for them, or it's just preferable for Mm -hmm. them. So I thought that was really interesting. I think if, if listeners wanted to sit and do that exercise, you know, just think of different groups you interact with. How do you, how do you interact with your patrons that Mm -hmm. might be different from your friends, your family, I was even thinking about just how I interact differently with my family and then from my husband's family. Like it's, it's just two totally different groups. Yeah. And um, if you work with kids, how do you yep. speak with the kids versus how do you speak right. to their parents? Mm-hmm. It to- it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's really, it was a really great, great course. Thank you for telling was- me about it. Yeah. So uh, that course was um, through Harvard. It was in the um, Graduate School of Education and the instruct the um, professor is um, Dr. Mason. Pamela Mason. Yes. I don't know. She's a doctor. I didn't see anything that said doctor, but. Oh, maybe not. I might just assume every, I, just, I know. I, I would give doctor <laughs> because yeah. her professor presence was Mason. very yes, yeah. professorial. <laughs> I like Pamela Mason. So we love learning. We both love learning so much. We want to share with people what we've learned about. So speaking of learning, there's a few things coming up at MLS soon. On Monday, May 3rd, there's an upcycling training for your library community. It's a workshop to learn how to design learning experiences from your pre-existing content. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And Thursday, yeah, Kelly's doing that one. And of course, I've got to promote our next youth services check-in, which is Thursday, May 6th at 11 a.m. You'll find a link to our calendar, our Vimeo page, which has recorded webinars and some of the other things we've talked about today in our show notes, which you can find at tinyurl.com slash this pod. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Hey, before we go... Want to talk about some things that you've really, something you really loved lately? Um, I'm going to be ridiculous and say that the thing that made, that I've loved the most recently was um, April's 
audio clip that she edited our practice session <laughs> into just a clip of laughing because it was yes we'll real. put it at the end <laughs> i haven't laughed that hard in ages i listened to it three times in a row this morning <laughs> i just thought i was the funniest thing ever that makes me so happy because i thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever too and when i was working on it brian kept walking by and being like what are you doing because it was like laughing on audio and then me laughing in real life exactly and how do we ever survive yeah um so what I'm loving right now, besides us and our podcast, I'm really loving the New York Times cooking channel on YouTube. I'm just kind of obsessed with a couple people right now. And uh, you don't have to pay for the subscription to watch the YouTube channel. So I am a subscriber. So I get the New York Times cooking recipes and app, but I love a good video. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of obsessing right now over Allison Roman. She also has her own, her own channel, uh, I think called Home Cooking or Home Movies. And, but I also love Erin Jean McDowell. She is a pastry chef and she's just super fun to watch. And so, yeah, I had sent you that video. She makes a- totally obsessed. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, it's the uh, sorting hat croquembouche. And so each time someone takes the pastry and bites into it, it's a different color, which is the house that they'll be in for Harry Potter and true confession time. I'm, I'm, I only read the first book, <laughs> so I'm not like super fanatic. Okay. I enjoy, you I can enjoy, still I enjoy, you. enjoy pastry. <laughs> I do. I enjoy Harry Potter and fantasy and all that stuff. Uh, I just, you know, I got to get around to finishing that series but it was really fun to watch and it's just such a huge huge thing to make so super fun check out made me hungry yeah check out those videos on youtube yeah so all right thank you for listening oh wait thanks for listening do we happy reading one eight one two three thanks for listening I didn't know which part you were saying. You do it. I don't know. What part? Should I say the whole thing? Yes. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this podcast is overdue with Christy (laughs) and April. (laughs) Happy reading. We can both do happy reading. Okay. Maybe. One, two, three. Happy Happy reading. reading. (laughs) Do it on other podcasts. I don't know. Thanks for listening to This Podcast is Overdue with Christy and April. Bye, everyone. Happy reading. Our podcast music was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alidu, the podcast maker. Find your own free podcast music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music. Ha, ha, ha.